All right, today's episode is brought to you by our two favorite sponsors. Uh, the first sponsor is Clear Sky. And Corey, you've heard me say it once, I'll say it many, many more times this year. The thing I love about Clear Sky is that they've taken all of that industry knowledge in identity management, ID governance and automation, and they've put it into a new tool. The same tool we're using for all of our other business services and business processes, right? So it integrated into that bigger picture with all of that industry's best practices. And how can you beat that? Yeah, Duke, you, you can't beat building on the platform, right? Anything natively that's going to integrate with the ServiceNow platform, if you can build it on the platform, it's probably better. Now, there are obviously some, some exceptions. This isn't one of them. <laughs> this is not one of them. No, this is definitely <laughs> one of those things that's way better on service. Now, I mean, to be honest, over my 15-ish year career, I've done some of the stuff that they do in ClearSky via the service catalog and flows and what have you. I just haven't done it as well or as thoroughly. And so ClearSky brings all of the thoroughness of a robust, mature ID governance and automation solution all on our favorite platform. Yeah, and you can't beat that. And anything on ServiceNow is just going to be better automatically. You just inherit that. <laughs> That's right. And it's like, it's that better together concept, you know? It's all better because all the things are together on the platform. Absolutely. All right. The second sponsor is Magic Mind. You can find them at magicmind.co. Look in the description below because we have a very special offer. If you follow our link, use the discount code CJD20 and you can get a 20% discount off your first order. Now, let me tell you about Magic Mind, Corey. It's got matcha. It's got adaptogens. It's got nootropics. It's got some honey in there for the flavor. And I'm bummed because i got one left. i've been using this thing for like three weeks now and it gets better the longer you take it i used to have this 3 p.m crash now i'm just like i I continually burn through the afternoon i go right to the end of the day i don't have a crash they call it the world's first productivity drink i cannot agree more man you know i i I love to hear that just focus is the name of the game and having something that enhances that focus over the course of the day and especially gets you through that afternoon dip. And yeah, that's, that's great stuff. And we need it too. Like it's one thing to like labor through the day, right? Which is a hard thing to do, but it's also a hard thing to do really deeply cerebral stuff all through the day, right? Well, the you naturally lose focus over the course of the day. At least I do. I've yeah. noticed that, right? Like my, my peak is in the morning and that, that crashes in the afternoon. Having a drink that's going to actually keep you focused throughout the entire day just gives you so much time back. Yeah. Like to me, that's the name of the game, getting so much time back. So instead of knocking off at seven, you knock off at five because you got so much more done. And it's just a way to like hedge my coffee habit. I used to have to get my afternoon pump with another thing of coffee, but you're kind of like living on borrowed time with coffee. And so when you finally come down for it, you come way down from it and then you're just useless for the rest. I am anyway. So uh, (laughs) I fully wholeheartedly endorse Magic Mind. I wouldn't have them as a sponsor either way. Check out the link in the description below and be sure to use our discount code CJD20. All right. What are we talking about today, Corey? Today, Duke, we're talking about different types of work because we often get the question, how do I get started? And one of the ways to get started is to talk about how there are different types of work all around us and how ServiceNow is the platform of getting work done. It seems like there's like more people asking, 
how do I get ahead? How do I get better? And it's always like, show me the path, send me resources, send me links, send me articles, send me books. Like, what could I read to get better? And Corey and I are very, very passionate about what can you do to get better? Absolutely. And this is the episode for that. What could you build on the platform? Because it's shocking to me when people say, like, I don't know what to build. I, I've never worked in IT before, whatever the case, right? Like, so what? You haven't worked in IT. Yeah. You treat the platform from where its genesis came. It's a platform for managing work. And work is everywhere, you know? You do. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some clients that don't even use the platform for IT. When you start, like, I don't know what a incident is or a problem is, or I don't know how to map a change. Yeah, who cares? Like, I got clients who are using this thing to do things that are completely and totally irrelevant to IT. And they're yeah. having just generating so much value out of it. And that's all because somebody stopped and said, how can we do this thing that we're doing better? Yep. And as we talk about this stuff, I want you to ponder the fact that it doesn't have to be a valuable business app. It just has to be an application that manages some kind of work. It could be that there's apps out there already that do this way better than a first try on ServiceNow would ever hope to do, right? That could still be the case, but it's still an awesome exercise in order to work those ServiceNow muscles. One of the things that I have currently, and this is one of the reasons when I hear folks tell me they don't know what to build, I'm always a little skeptical. Because one of the things that I have currently is a surplus of ideas on things to build on the platform and not enough time to do it, right? Seriously. <laughs> to me, every piece of my life right now could exist on the ServiceNow platform and it would make my life better. And when folks say, well, there's a platform, I don't know what to do with it. Well, they, they, it's number one, you've got the studio. So this is all kind of low code now if you want to go that route. And, and then two, like this isn't, this is like a choose your own adventure game, right? This is open, open world concept. So just walking around your house, walking through your neighborhood, interacting at the store, there's so many processes. There are so many units of work getting done. You can just think of, man, I wonder if I can do that on service now. The answer is probably going to be yes. And you should probably just take out a, a pad of paper and a pen, right? Start sketching out an idea. It's like, yeah. okay, if it, break it down like this. And I take that, All right? That's the workflow. This is the form. This is the end result. How's that going to look? This report is going to kind of get generated like this. Boom. You can, now we got a stew going. <laughs> and, and from there, like you just, you just get started. Seriously. There's no reason to say, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's kind of when you know you're in trouble. You need a mindset adjustment at that point. If you're saying, how can I get better at service now? But then you're saying, I don't know anything to build on service now. Yeah, because you're going to get in the wild and you're going to have to come up with new ways of thinking. Of, anyways, let's get on to some of the stuff. Right. And if you're <laughs> if you've been there and done that and you are good at service now and you have tons of ideas and, and then maybe just treat this episode as a possible like hackathon topic um, uh, show. You know, Duke, while we were just talking, right, I was just thinking about how the episode that we're doing right now could be a, the perfect thing to build inside a service now. Just building out like the idea of how do you manage a podcast in flight on service now? You're going to have your podcast agenda, your topics, right? That you're going to talk through, right? You're going to have the alternate, the hosts who's talking mm -hmm. through what topics, right? How long does the, sh does the show last, right? So how long does each topic last? You can build all that out in service now, right? You can put that on a timeline. You can have a task assignments, all of that stuff. That right there is a ServiceNow app. Just as we're talking about building a ServiceNow app, we are demonstrating a ServiceNow app. 
There's always well, something to do. <laughs> there's a, a YouTube video I did with Phil Goes Deep where he basically did streaming planning and execution on ServiceNow. It's crazy. I'll put a link to that in the description. In the description. Don't Absolutely. So do you have any ways of working or processes that you'd like to see on the platform? Yeah. So number one for me, right? And I've and listening to this sort of show, I probably won't be surprised to hear this at all. You know, it's just managing my house, managing my life, managing the overall offline part of myself that exists outside of ServiceNow instance, managing that on a ServiceNow instance. From managing the chores that my kids do to managing the grades that get updated automatically and their learning management systems at school that happen to have an API to mm -hmm. managing provisioning of their internet ac access allowance, managing their actual allowance, right? Managing my ability to track the bills, the recurringness of them, uh, whether or not they're one time or not, you know, who I'm paying, when I'm paying, did, did they get paid? There are so many just like recurring. So look, full disclosure to, for the folks listening at home, right? I got ADD. Right. And so there's there's so many things in this world are not very ADD friendly. And one of them is remembering to fill out pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's why my holy grail is always taking these things that can be automated and automating them so that then I can get them off of my plate and I can come back and view a report on whether or not they were done. The computer is really good at that. I am not. All of my, all of the stuff that pops to my head in number one on my list, managing my house, managing my life. Yeah. I had another friend who was doing this and she came out from the, she was a homemaker before she decided to do service now and talking about managing everybody's chores and managing the benefits that the kids are owed for doing the chores or being right. on good behavior or whatever. Even like family news posts, like everybody remember on Friday, we're all going out for dinner. Don't make plans with the other friends or whatever, all that family logistics. And the thing that really captivated me about that is it's all, it's so different. But it's an interesting way to look at work, especially chores. Like, I'm just going to build this on my own. It's this <laughs> idea of like a task that gets instantiated and you have a certain amount of time. But after that time, it's just, it's got to go. Yeah. Because the next instance of it is coming up. And you can't get behind. Yeah, exactly. So like make your bed, for example, make your bed today on Monday. Like it's only good for Monday because the Tuesday task is coming in. Tuesday, you can't make Monday's bed. You make Tuesday's bed. Yeah, exactly. And right, if for you all didn't you do it on Monday. 56 beds in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you right, but you can't make Tuesday, Monday's bed on Tuesday, right? So you missed that task if you didn't do it. That's and right. If you're and you're getting paid 50 Then it becomes more task. important to use performance analysts to kind of track your success and fail rates on these tasks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then you're going to have a performance review with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? Like, just think about this, folks. Like, how do you get that kind of work done? You're going to have to have some kind of mechanism for generating the work, yeah. Right, some kind of catalyst, if you will. And catalyst. we'll have a link in the in the description below for the catalyst episode. And then outcomes, right? Like, I want I want my kids to make their beds every day, and yeah. the good outcome there is like solid weeks where they're doing it autonomously. So you got to handle the reporting in there somewhere. And then, of course, getting a good interface for everybody because nobody's going to sit down at their desktop computers, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> Log into service now, pull yeah. up. Like now the, get the, your mobile chops ready. Yeah, right. So absolutely. that's just here we are. We're one. That's a great one. I can't believe we're 20 minutes in. 
Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like when I get all of my life on service, now my life will be complete. Yeah, what's number two, Duke? So I grew up, my dad was a soldier and he got into the intelligence branch of the Canadian Armed Forces and he got sent to the former Yugoslavia, I guess we should say. And he had to like develop a network of people to provide them intelligence about what was going on. And I got to see, like, obviously I didn't see like intelligence, intelligence, right? But I got to, <laughs> I got to see the way he did it. And it's always captivated me, this idea that you have Bob over here and we can imagine a user record for Bob, but who does Bob know that we might right. also be interested in talking to? And why might we be interested in talking to them? And who else are they connected to? And yeah. does Bob owe anybody any favors or does anybody else owe Bob favors? So if Bob's yep. an asset that we can tap, we can say, Bob, go pull a favor with that guy, you know, that does that thing and get yeah. him to tell, you know what I mean? Get him to tell us when they're moving that stuff that we're really interested in. Man, and what I love about this, Duke, is that it tra- this particular process you just outlined translates to so many different things. I used to work at a company that did something and, and what they did, what you just outlined is really relevant to how they actually made their money, right? It was a, very much a connections game. You had people and they, they knew people and those people that they knew often got recommended to be hired by other people. I mean, that's essentially recruiting. This was a executive search. And so one of the things that they were trying to figure out is how do I know when I'm in a place that I should be meeting with somebody that I know who might lead me to something else? How do I know when I'm somewhere where I need to strengthen a connection right? from somebody that, that I know either strongly and want to continue to keep that strong connection or weekly. And I want to strengthen that connection because that is an area that I'm, I'm weak in or I want to enhance. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing that you just outlined, right? Like just having those user records, having some kind of way to weigh that connection, knowing who knows other people, right? And you might be looking at a third or fourth order relationship. And the reason that you're trying to strengthen that first level is so that you can get to that fourth level. Yeah. How many hops to get to a person with this skill? Or with yeah. this kind of asset. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, logistic situations being as they are today, I've been putting a lot of thought into like going into my own neighborhood and building a resiliency network, right? Like who can garden? Who wants to garden? Who would give part of their backyard to garden for the community? Who can knit sweaters, sew patches on pants? Who can make clothes? Who, who can make food for tons of people? Who's got a power drill? Who's got a generator? And just kind of assemble through this network of connections, like our collective skills and assets and have this kind of like decentralized skill base. Yeah. But just sit and think about how you would pull that off in service now. It's got to be something with the user table, but also significant relationships between users and users and and users and assets. Yeah. And then impact analysis, Duke. On top of that, right? Because you want to bring this network alive when something happens, right? So when mm-hmm. disaster happens, and then th- that disaster being that now you can go in and create it and assign, okay, this disaster affected electricity and and water. And then that impact all of a sudden go, trickles down through your network. And you can see the people who have the specific resiliency, right, to kick in that you want to contact. Dave's got the generator and Bob has like, you know, 22 gallons of water in his basement. (laughs) You know what I mean? And all of it. And those things light up because you when you created that disaster, you selected electricity and water issues. Right. Yeah. 
all of a sudden, boom, there, you, you've you can got plan capacity new- around it too, right? Like if you yeah. know that 18 people on the block have dedicated a 10 by 10 sp- slot for a garden and you know how much you can pull out from tomato, like you can basically plan how much food you can grow or output yep. of other resources. So anyways, give that some thought. How do you build something that measures the power of a network, a human network? How do you quantify it and build it out? Yeah. Right, you got and- another one, Corey? I do. I do. I'm thinking here, right? Supply chain management. There's so much in the supply chain with all experiences now over the last two years. Most of us probably didn't even know what a supply chain was this time, 2019. And all of a sudden now it's like everyone's favorite words, uh, favorite phrase to throw out, right? Like supply chain, supply chain. But there's a reason for it, right? Like it's broken at the the moment, right? And, you know, our supply chain, what we realized that there was no resilience in it. That's a whole nother topic and a whole nother show. But the point is, is that how do you manage the supply chain? And thinking through how the supply chain works, there are various bits and pieces of it that you might actually want to manage versus others, right? One of the things that popped up when I was thinking about it is conflict materials. You know, with the ascendancy of EVs and always jewelry as well, we've always had that with diamonds and, and diamonds being, you know, mine you, in, using like, you know, various human rights abuses and such. And, and then with EV and, and was it cobalt and nickel and all of these other chemicals and elements that need to be used for batteries and trying to figure out like whether or not the car that you're buying is, is contributing to somebody else's misery is ultimately what it comes down to. Right. Right. Like, right. so, you know, an app to, to figure these things out and keep track of it. That is, again, a different type of work that could exist on the platform. Right. Yeah. Like you've, you've got your catalyst, right. Which is the purchase. You've got your outcome which is the ultimate destination of whatever it is that you're tracking. And then you got everything in the middle. Yeah. I mean, you might order all these parts, but maybe you're a manufacturer or something or a reseller. And so you've got all this stuff incoming, but could you prove that this stuff didn't come from either abused labor or countries that are sanctioned? Right. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to, I don't know, throw GRC against that and say, are we compliant in our supply chain? Yes. Yes. So there's like the compliance aspect, but I I look at supply chain from another angle, like the purely the logistics of it. And I'm sure manufacturing companies have got this licked already. It's just a fun thought experiment to do it on service now is that, well, take food, for example, like to grow wheat, we need potassium, nitrogen, and whatever. We need all those different fertilizers. So what happens if the fertilizer is two times as expensive? Or what happens if the fertilizer arrives two weeks too late? Yeah. You know, and what does that do for our yields? What does it do for our projected profits or losses? And figuring out the dependencies between the inputs and the outputs, and then being able to run projections and risk projections. Like just for the heck of it, let's let's just imagine what would happen if if these microchips didn't make it to the car manufacturer in, in five weeks' time. Yeah. And just have it like press a button and have it think and output a scenario for us. Yeah. The great thing is while these are hypothetical use cases for service now, Google them right now because we're experiencing all of them. (laughs) So these use cases, these units of work are literally swimming around us as we go through life. So there's never really an excuse for not being able to figure out what you can do on the platform. So my next one is learning management slash school. My kids use PowerSchool for education and all of their assignments go in there, all of their grades go in there, all of their teacher comments go in there. There's a calendar and there's all kinds of stuff. And the great thing about it, it's got a well-documented REST API. Now, (laughs) if you're like me, you're an integrations guy, you hear API, 
man, do you get a smile on your face? And so, (laughs) (laughs) so what, what you start thinking about, okay, I want to incentivize good behavior with my kids, right? And I also want to be able to keep up a little bit better with how they're making sure that they're getting all their assignments done. They're not behind in homework, making sure the grades are where they are. Right. So I'm thinking, well, we'll pull all this data into service now. Right. Let's run some reporting against it. Let's get notifications. Right. Like if there's assignment that pops up is missing, notify me directly on my phone. Right. I want to know that if I get if there's an assignment that where it's like 20 out of 20, notify me of that, too, because I want to give some praise. Let's run some performance analytics of it and we can kind of see over from week to week whether or not the total points are going up or down and whether or not we need to have a conversation or we need, you know, from a a perspective of, hey, how can we help? Or, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. You know, there's so much of this that you once you once you take data and put it into a platform as robust and flexible as ServiceNow, you get so many different options and so many different abilities and the shortcuts of time that you that you have to spend on it. Even if you could just go like just search for publicly available APIs. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Then find out a use case. I remember one hackathon that I won way back in the day at Fruit mm-hmm. DevCon. I'm a brand. Joel Olives, James Neal, and Jason McKee. And we did basically the first business continuity and disaster recovery app on ServiceNow. And just as a, this would be cool. We had essentially like disaster recovery plans that you could subscribe to. Like I'm in San Francisco for this location, we're subscribing it to the earthquake plan, right? What do we do when that happens? But we're not going to do that for say, I don't know, someplace that doesn't do earthquakes. Chicago. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) right. But we had a workflow that would happen if an earthquake hit. But then we were like, how would we know if the earthquake hit? Can we just get this to auto generate? And so we piped into the USGS kind of live data and we're basically saying like whenever it comes up as a six launch the workflow for each a six on the richter scale within 50 miles just bam start to start the workflow and so there's apis everywhere that are just doing stuff and pumping the data out into the ether wow like strap into that and then build a use case around it oh dude man you this is you, you, you <laughs> speak in my language man <laughs> This I'd do a lot more of that if I knew anything about integrations. <laughs> <laughs> no, Note f- for the people at home, right? Like how, how he started this conversation with a humble, humble brag, you know, back when I won the hackathon. I didn't do that part. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends with some self-effacing humor. Do any of this if I knew about integrations. <laughs> Everything that, that that you just said, Duke, was spot on, spot on. And I'll tell you, I got like a thousand use cases for that right now spinning in my head. And my problem isn't a, a lack of service. Now, instances is a lack of time to build it all. <laughs> yep. Man, I'm telling you that. But that's the way, right? That is the way. If you go and find a publicly available API, figure out what the data is, and then build a use case around that. And then when you go into an interview, you got a portfolio. It's not just a resume. Mm-hmm. You got a portfolio. Point them to your GitHub. That's love. So my next one is for not maybe not everyone knows, but back in the day, I did some uh, dabbled in local politics. And one of the things that uh, ServiceNow seems to be particularly good at is is building out systems of record. And so there are a lot of things to go into actually being in the local political space, right? You got donors, you got volunteers, 
you got addresses for signs. You've got events that you got to be at and everything that goes into those events. You got schedule management, meetings and phone calls and donors. I mentioned donors already. And, you know, it's just a, there's just a whole lot to keep straight there. ServiceNow is a great place to build an application to keep all of that stuff straight from a list of email addresses to the actual ability to send email directly from the platform, rich text email, HTML email at that. Mm-hmm. Been there and done it, actually. Keep all your donors straight uh, to keep all of the folks who, you know, um, who are volunteering versus want to sign versus offering whatever, right? Like, you know, tick boxes and check boxes and custom fields allow you to kind of filter all that information out and report upon it and reach out to people in groups and send that, send those group, that group of information over to other people offline, right? Like, cause yeah. with, with the ability to export to Excel and shoot an email over, right? I mean, there's so many different ways that once you get that information into the platform, there's so much you can do to it from reporting again, to just organization and giving other folks access and running even your campaign uh, website off of, off of service. Now I didn't do that, but I actually got through a mock-up before I decided to pivot into an, uh, another direction. But as you're saying that, I'm imagining how I could run a campaign via ITBM because it's got all the cost be- cost management and benefits right. and project stakeholders and all the things you have to do and the sequencing and the critical paths. And I would just make a, a political campaign, a extension of well, maybe not an extension of plan task, maybe at least a project, at least a project. Absolutely. Yeah. But there you go. Like political campaigns, <laughs> like another one. <laughs> yeah. I bet you never uh, thought of that one. <laughs> we're at 36 minutes. Let's see if we can get one more here. All right. Um, go for it. I'll say this flat out. There are tools out there that do this extraordinarily well right now. But again, we're not here to like change the world with our app. All we're here to do is try and build the app, learn all the nuances of the tools. Fleet management. Ooh. Back when some of the youngins don't even know about taxis, right? But <laughs> back before Uber, there was this thing called a taxi. And if you were a taxi company, you'd own like a hundred of these taxi yeah. cabs, right? And they're all the same type of car, but you would have impeccable records about how many miles were on each, how old they were, when's the exact point where we can maximize the resale value of it and just buy, you know write it off, buy a whole new taxi. Where are we going to get these things fixed? What are our special relationships with all the vendors? And then you blow this up a level. Like I got to see behind the scenes of like Cargill once. And you're talking about like hundreds of thousands of farm tractors. Right. And they have systems that are just blinking light on a map. Yeah. This one tractor out in Iowa has got 25% of its air capacity and its tire gone. Don't go plow a field with that. Cause the last thing we need is that tire bursting and you got a flat in the middle of a field. (laughs) It was going to take you days to change, not not minutes or hours. So with that, you got like IoT now. So every single thing in your fleet. Yep. You're thinking like airplanes, tractors, cars, whatever. All the sensors that they have now, these things could be phoning home from a thousand different components every minute of the day. And now you're dealing with like millions, billions of records. (laughs) And how would you how would you have a hope in hell of processing that? But figure it out. And what would you do if this the, the big red light does go off? What do you do? Yeah, exactly. Right. And exactly. So you got all kinds of flows and preventative maintenance. It's just good. Oh man, we just like we should just build this, <laughs> dude. Like I walked down this path a little bit with Phil Services for a buddy who was considering buying a transportation company. 
Yeah. And he knows the business side of it, but he did know the tech side. And there are programs out there that can do this. But he wanted to know, like, he's like, is there anything out there, right? Like, how would this look? And the first thing that went to my mind, right, instead of going out and trying to figure out, like, what else is in the industry, it's like, I bet we can do this in service now. <laughs> That's just, like, my default posture on anything. And then, sure enough, like, you know, you look at field services management, right? You've got, you know, mobile phones and they got GPS and boom, all of that interfaces back into the instance. You've got the ability to plan out routes and, and the ability to know when ETAs and yeah. manage overlaps and all of that stuff, man. And he ultimately didn't go through with it, but the hour long conversation we spent having and using like a, a mock-up of field services to demonstrate how you can run a bus company in service now yeah. <laughs> was enlightening. <laughs> field services is legit crazy. I've never seen an app that there's so much real life stuff. Yeah. We're like, okay, we'll send an agent. Like in my mind, it's like, oh, we sent an agent. They should be arriving and stuff gets done, right? Magic. Yeah. But in field services, it's all like, Okay, when are they planning to leave? Have they left at that time? How how long did they drive, and how right. long did that take? Right. And uh, how long did it take for them to get from the car to the door? And how long yep. did they wait in the lobby? And are they finally there at the server fixing the thing? And oh, they took a part out of the server room. Is that a part that this customer in particular saves so they can destroy it? Right. Or do we take that back to our warehouse? And it's all just of like that. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you're trying to learn it. My head's just like spinning around and 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 around. It's the craziest problem. What got us on that tangent? Anyways, we're at 41 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, but that's the point, right? Is that in almost any situation that you get dropped into, there is something there the service now can do to help you. Yep. So when you're looking at how do you build your chops on service now? How do you get better? How do you take your learning for it? It's to do. And there's a load that you can do. Yeah. I mean, even like I've seen some of the MTB MTBF students and they're all like, oh, I'm, I was a security guard. That sounds awesome. Let's do that on service now. Absolutely. It, it just, <laughs> anyway, so all this just to inspire you folks, use your imagination, build those apps. It doesn't matter if it already exists. It doesn't matter if, it, if ServiceNow is a perfect fit. It doesn't matter if it's even a legit business app. Just build it and you learn how the tools work. You also learn how to use the tools in unconventional ways. And then Absolutely. you learn also the process of like catalysts, outcomes, flow. So every bit of it is legit experience, especially for you newbies, because you're going to be out there like, what experience do you have? And instead of saying, I haven't worked for anybody, you could say, oh, I built this awesome app on my PDI. It does do, 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 do. It's legit experience. Yeah. Yeah, All right, absolutely. Cool. We'll leave you with that, folks. We are at time. So good having you here. Um, and we'll see you on the next one. All right, guys. Take care. CJ and the Duke is hosted by Robert the Duke Fedoric and Corey CJ Wesley. We are both freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow experts who can help you in three different ways. If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.